0: This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. Maine and Washington State are separated by almost 3,000 miles. But if you folded the country in half, the coastlines of the two states could almost mesh into one. Both are lined with rocky, evergreen-filled islands and moody weather. And just as the Pacific Northwest is a musical hotbed, some coastal communities in the Northeast also cultivate their own creative ecologies. The band Bait Bag calls North Haven Island in Maine home. Caroline Losnick examines how this post-riot girl band is making waves. Inside North Haven Community School, the three members of Bait Bag are surrounded by books, ukuleles, and cowbells. This is the classroom where, by day, Courtney Naliboff, the band's bass player and singer, teaches music. And when school is not in session... It's where she practices with bandmates Fiona Robbins, who plays guitar and sings, and Claire Donnelly, who plays drums and shouts. North Haven is 12 miles off the coast of Maine. The year round population is just 350 people. As Robbins and Naliboff point out, everyone knows everyone. Well, I think it helped us figure out who's in the band for one. There were not a lot of
1: options. <laughs> and we also got the best possible bandmates. yeah, but like also the only possible bandmates. It worked out great.
0: The economy here revolves around tourism, lobstering, carpentry, and caretaking. And in the band's case, loud punk rock. Take the- Bait bags are small mesh sacks filled with herring or other fish, and they're used in lobster traps, so the band name connects them to their community. But, Naliboff says, there's also a double meaning. You
1: know, jailbait, young woman as bait in a horror movie, an old bag, like I feel like it has a very sort of negative feminine connotation that it's fun
0: to reclaim. Bait bag formed in 2018 they played their first show at the Island Pizza Parlor with just a few practices under their belt. Half their set was cover songs, says Nalaboff. And, like, a good chunk of those were Joan Jett songs. At the time, they were terrified, and all agree the show was not great, but they went ahead and did it anyway. Donnelly says that was sort of the point.
2: We have our band motto is Confident, Sloppy and Loud, and that was Courtney's pep talk to us. She was like, like many punk bands before us, (laughs) (laughs) just get up there and own it.
0: The band members' own musical paths emerged in different ways. They draw from the Riot girl movement of the 1990s, inspired by the Olympia Washington bands Slater Kinney and Bikini Kill. Even though they all missed out on it the first time around. I was very busy being a really dorky
1: classical musician. Fee was, like, maybe not born. <laughs> Fee was a, was a baby. And Claire was... Listening
2: to the East Coast prank didn't get into the Pacific Northwest.
0: But they still see a clear through line from the 90s music and feminist activism to now.
2: We're Bikini Kill,
1: and we want revolution! Girls Don't Know! We wouldn't exist as a band without that having come first. Like, a lot of barriers came down at that time. A lot of norms got broken at that time. That makes it possible now for someone like us to pick up an instrument and
0: play. But in order for any movement to be effective, it must evolve. And some of the challenges with the Riot Girl movement are exactly what Bait Bag is responding to in their own music, excluding people of color, lacking intersectionality, and thinking about gender and language in more nuanced ways. It almost feels like
2: our relationship to the movement is less about the music itself and more just about like the ethos.
0: Here's Donnelly again.
2: And then building on it, right? And you know, like recognizing the limitations of using the word "girl" in a movement and being like inherently trans-exclusionary and finding, you know, like really like black and white in a lot of ways.
0: They're not interested in replicating Riot Girl, but adapting it. They call themselves Post Riot Girl. Yeah,
2: just like pushing boundaries, right? And and breaking down barriers.
0: The band has what they call angry and cathartic songs where they process their reactions to the news and others that dip into their emotions around interactions with people. The song Rotten Eggs features Donnelly's writing. It's a bachelor's degree in liberal arts.
2: It was me getting mad that some dude in my office gets paid more than me, even though I have a master's. But I don't actually know if his bachelor's degree is in liberal arts, but it was just like, it's just assume it was, yeah.
1: Traded death for an advanced degree. Make those zeros go on a shopping spree. Just a few less years than the dude in my office. With a bachelor's degree in liberal arts.
0: Reproductive justice, paid parental leave, and biology are some of the themes woven throughout the band's music tropes you don't always hear in punk rock. Tear Me In Two is a personal song about pregnancy and childbirth, says Naliboff, But it also is still about a bigger picture, about the horrendous
1: state of pelvic health care. But this is just not angry. And I think that's totally fine. Like I think that's fun that we can play songs that feel different. I'm leaking, I'm bleeding, I'm torn it-
0: The band also draws inspiration from the cold Atlantic Ocean that surrounds them, and they worry about the impacts of climate change. Robin says living on the island feels a bit like being in a fishbowl at times. You have a very defined community. There's a border. (laughs) And everyone who lives within that is your community. So it makes it just a little more intense, good or bad. I usually feel like it's good. That intimacy means you know exactly who to call when you need help. To pull your car out of a ditch, to sew up your favorite sweater, or to borrow a tool. But the flip side is the band knows the deeply personal and political music they create doesn't reflect their entire community. At one show, Naliboff was worried how people might react to their song, Bar Fight, and a lyric about wanting to punch a fascist. I wanna, I kinda wanna punch a fascist.
1: But then some of my co-workers were like, I would also like to punch a fascist.
0: And I was like, well, that's good, because everyone should want to. And then Donnelly mentions their old practice space.
2: used to look over the one place on the island with Trump flags flying. And they would be, like, down on the lobster boats bopping around. It would just be, like, screaming with all the windows open, you know, like, sound traveling down, yeah.
0: The locals are mixed on their opinions about Bait Bag, at least the ones in the ferry line to North Haven Island. Here's John, who declined to give his last name. Have you heard their music? Yes. What do you think of it? I don't like it. Oh why? Wow. It's <laughs> just not my type. How would you describe it as somebody who's never heard it? Maybe? Not very professional. Like would my mom like it? Oh no, your mother would never like that music. Oh, no,
2: I think they're really well received. You got to like like post-punk feminist, you know, rock. It's pretty awesome.
0: That's Nick Coster, who also lives on the island.
2: Quite frankly, you know, it's a beautiful place to live, but there's not a ton of stuff to do out there. So I think music is generally well received out there, especially local music.
0: Up until now, Nalaboff's husband has produced and engineered Baitbag's music in their home studio. Three, two, three, but recently, the band ventured off-island to begin recording a new full-length album in Salem, Massachusetts. How do we, what is the tempo? As Baitbag continues to expand their reach beyond North Haven Island, they hold one idea close. We don't need permission to do this. Mm, we're not asking we're
1: just going to get up there and we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it our way and have fun doing it and it's really exciting that people connect with it ga ga girls wa wa women
0: for kexp i'm caroline losnick on north haven island maine Oh, oh, yeah. yeah.